What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hoop Press, where we talk about basketball and wrestling, unscripted and uncensored. My name is Jarrell Thomas. I'm Jonathan Brown. And I'm Damon Creighton. And ladies and gentlemen, we are recording this on December 31st, which means when y'all get this, this will be the very first episode of Who Place in the year 2022. So first and foremost, I want to say Happy New Year. And I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, a very, very happy holiday season. And speaking of that holiday season, looking at the NBA Christmas games this year and some of them I could watch, some of them I couldn't. Um, the first thing that I want to say is directed towards Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, you ruined my fucking Christmas. I needed you to score eight points, and you scored four. So you're probably never going to listen to this podcast, but I want to let you know that you are a soft-ass bitch. You got bitched. By John Collins and Cam Reddish. Fuck you. You cost me money. You dog shit piece. Of, you you fucking suck. You suck. But that that game, I watched that game and I watched the Buck. Man, that Bucks comeback was something special. I also watched that boy Patty Mills and James Harden absolutely torch the Lakers. And I was very satisfied with that game. But what did you guys think about what y'all saw on Christmas? Um, I can uh, go first, I guess. So, wait, what'd you say? Oh, um, I said I like the uh, the Bucks and the Celtics game. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, I actually like the Bucks and Celtics game. Um, that was a pretty good game. Uh, I thought um, the Warriors and the Suns game, that was pretty good as well. I thought that game should have been the 8 o'clock game instead of the Lakers and the Nets. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think that Dallas and Utah should not have been the last game. Um. I, nobody was watching that game except for the people that was betting. But I'm, you know what? I'm gonna say that last part from after Damon though. So Damon, what did you think about the Christmas games this year? Uh, they were smooth. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, considering like half the league is out. Um, so I didn't have super high expectations, but um, I didn't get to watch the Bucks game, but I did watch the Nets, Lakers, and then the Warriors and Suns. And man, that's and the Lakers are just so sorry, bro. <laughs> but, Jesus. Um, yeah, overall, it was some solid games. Now, um, now Utah, where's O'Neal cost me money too? He ruined my second part. Like, all I needed him to do was score 10 points. How do you, you ask somebody who averages 11 to score 10 and only scored three? Do four quarters of basketball and you're starting. You know, I I have a lot of people on the no bet list because of Christmas. But you know what? I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna go there. 
Because Jalen was on this episode, he'd say I'm fucking terrible at betting anyway. So, you know, I'm not even going to go there. But next topic, we uh, talked about the Lakers a little bit. But now we're going to go fully in depth. Damon, I'm going to ask you first. Tough question. Can the Lakers be fixed before the playoffs? And if so, what do they what what should be done before then? Honestly, I don't think so. Um, and I'm only saying that because I think that they will end up just not really trading and just trying to figure out what they have, which isn't necessarily a bad idea per se. Um, because personally, the last few 10-day contracts they've signed have done nothing for them, and I didn't expect them to do anything for them because I was super confused on why they even signed IT in the first place. Like, I got to get it. He, you know, he had his game in the G League where he, like, balled out, but I'm like, their defense has already been suspect all year, and he is no defensive specialist by any means. Um. But I don't know. They're just – they're all old. They have trouble getting up and down the court. It's the, the, the spacing, the movement, just it's just not clicking right now. Um, and they're all veterans. So I think they can get it together, but I, they're definitely not winning a championship. Definitely not. And, John, what about you? Um, do you think they can be fixed at this point? Um. I wouldn't say, like, totally fixed. I believe they're going to have reconstruction, but it won't be complete nor fixed. Um, They'll make the playoffs, but first round or Easter Conference semifinals maximum. Or Easter Conference Western. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, Personally, I I agree with both of y'all. They're – is no fixing this team at this point in the season. Um, they would have to strip down everything. And the one move, the one thing that I've seen everybody saying is trade Russ. Now, as much of a Russell Westbrook fan as I am, if it wasn't the Lakers, I would agree with trading Russ. But here's the thing. Think about all of the things that they gave up to give Russ. Traded basically all all of their young players besides Taylor. Traded up just for Russ. Think about that. They get rid of all of their death. Well, they did. They got rid of their death to trade Russ. And then if they were to trade Russ again with the trade value that he has right now and the way he's been playing, you ain't going to get nothing in return. So that trade wouldn't literally not do anything for the Lakers. The IT signing, as much as I love IT, they needed to address their defense first. Now, I do see, because, you know, Russ was in protocols, and Isaiah Thomas is a more reliable scorer, but it didn't work. Um, I mean, they gave Stanley Johnson a 10-day contract. I'm not going to go any further. I'm not going to go any further. But... The one thing, okay, okay. So, follow-up question with that. If the Lakers were to go and do a big move, 
at this point before the trade deadline, what would it be? What do y'all think it would be? What, what would be a smart move? Because I've seen people saying that the Lakers have interest in Jeremy Grant right now. And with that, that means that there have been Jeremy Grant for Westbrook and or Taylor talk. So, John, what do you think the Lakers, what, what do you think would be the best move for them to make before the trade deadline? Best move for the trade deadline? Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. Either they might shoot, go for Ben Simmons with Russell Westbrook to Ben, Sim- with ben Simmons trade or they had to sign someone off the, the waivers market or the free agent market, or uh, I don't know, rely on Stanley Johnson because that's what Laker fans are loving right now. Uh, I'm rely keep on my comments to myself. I, I know, bro. Lakers fans, they think they're general managers and. Yeah, they just think the general managers and members of the front office, but they're really not. not, They don't know anything about basketball. They never play basketball. They just see NBA on TV and think there's something, but in reality, they're not. They they can't make a layup. I want to see them make an offhand layup. I mean, they. I I just really don't know what they what they're gonna do before the trade deadline. You just gotta see what happens. You just gotta follow Woj, follow Shams refresh their timeline and then see what happens and then predict how it's going to go from there. I mean, anything can happen. Absolutely. Um, Damon, what about you? Do you think that there's a move they should make, like a player they should trade or a player they should trade for before the trade deadline? Or are they just, is that it? They just fucked. Honestly, I want to say they just fucked, man, because they're so, they have no depth. They're very top heavy with older players. And at this point in the season, like nobody, a lot of the teams that are good right now have their vets already. And a lot of teams as good players are like between like 26 and younger. And I'm going to say it because I don't know if anybody else is going to say it, honestly. Bro, Taylor Horton Tucker is not that guy. He's not what yeah. everybody like. Yeah. They are really trying to pitch that this man is the future. You know, he's he'll be a solid role player in his career, but he is not this like. Oh, I can trade him and get even better. Like he he's just not that simply. And and I mean they already don't really use Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk like that. So it's like I don't really I don't I don't. Well, really Kendrick Nunn's hurt. I know that. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, he's hurt, but. But at this point, I just don't see much they can do, to be honest. Because, I mean, honestly, Taylor is in that same position that Tyler Hero was in last year. Because, you know, everybody, like, of course, you know, we see why Miami didn't trade him for Harden. But at the time, we just kind of sitting like, well, Tyler Hero is kind of ass. And James Harden is one of the best players in the league, so why not just do it? But I Taylor is definitely in that spot right now. Um, he really could have been included in that Wizards trade. So for all of the young guys that they had, I mean, I get that he's super young, but I don't know why they kept him. 
honestly. Um, okay, and then my last question regarding the Fakers, I mean the Lakers. Do y'all feel bad for LeBron? And I'm going to start it off, and I'm going to say fuck no. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I have seen Ukraine eating motherfuckers say free, free the king, free King James, free LeBron. LeBron deserves better. Does LeBron deserve better? Absolutely. I mean, he's the fucking best player in the league. Well, well, overall, I mean, not right now, but, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to understand something. LeBron James chose the fucking team. He chose the team. Everything that is the Lakers right now is because of LeBron. Not to say you should blame LeBron for this. Well, yes, you should. Not for his playing because he's been playing out of his mind. But he created this team that is so menace and so terrible that even when he's playing some of the best basketball of his career at the age of 37, 37. This team is what seventh in the West. They are seventh in the West and overall the 16th best team in the league. The, the title favorites, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, I told y'all so. These are the ti- these are the title favorites, remember? And they're the 16th best team in the league. They're literally in the middle of the pack. And they're the worst of the middle of the pack. So I definitely do not feel sorry for LeBron, but he's playing out of his mind, of course. But Damon, do you feel sorry for LeBron at all? No, <laughs> to be quick and honest. Um, like you said, he's playing great. Um, you know, he always, the one thing when he's healthy and he's able to go, he's always going to do, he's always going to, um, give you um, his best, but unfortunately, he did. He did pick these people. He said, I want I want Carmelo. He did what he did to get Russ. They really went all in for this year because all these dudes are aged. Like, there is no long-term for this team. So it's championship or bust, and if they don't win this championship, then this was a failure. And it puts them in a really tricky position for the next few years or so. Man, like, I I really think I should just go ahead and just cop the LeVar ball I told you so hat. Because I remember, I like, y'all remember me saying, like, bro, this is dead-ass a 2004 Lakers type of situation, but worse. And I got dragged for saying that shit. Like, even as a Russ fan, y'all like, oh, you just going to disrespect the Brody like that? And it's the king. Anthony Davis, and now they got Melo, and I'm just like, okay. But look where we are now. But John, asking you the same question: Are you? Do you feel the same way, or do you actually have sympathy for LeBron in this case? Um, I I don't feel bad for LeBron. I love LeBron, but I don't feel bad for him. I mean, you had a point. You signed as a free agent to come to the Lakers, won a championship. I mean, yeah, he wants to win another one, but like, I just don't feel bad. He already has a solid Hall of Fame first ballot career. I don't feel bad for him at all. So what if he's struggling this year? Kobe struggled when his career was ending. Uh, who else struggled? Michael Jordan when he retired for the third time. The Wizards were struggling and didn't even make the playoffs. So I just don't feel bad for LeBron at all. 
Yeah, and when it's like, and it's like you, when you truly look at it, I wouldn't necessarily say this was a bad idea for LeBron to go to LA, but this is his third season there. And out of all three seasons, only one of them has been actually, no, this is his fourth season with the Lakers. Out of the four, only one of them has actually been any good. Like, that's, and this is LeBron James we're talking about. Like, with the teams that he's had, except for, uh, you know, that first year with the Lakers. I mean, this isn't like Cavs territory bad. Like, this team should be top of the league, but they're not. So, I, I just think that, again, Golden State's winning the title easily. Well, not maybe easily, but they're, they're taking the West. The only competition I see them having is Phoenix. But, that's going to do it for the NBA. Moving into the WNBA, ladies and gentlemen, I have to talk about this first. This was a topic that came late, late, late last night, and I will not forgive myself if this was not the first thing we talked about. So, ladies and gentlemen, after all of these years being an assistant coach in the NBA, and we said, let her be the first women's head coach in the NBA, it didn't happen. But something great still happened. Ladies and gentlemen, Becky Hammond has just signed a contract to be the new head coach of the Las Vegas Aces. And it is the most lucrative contract in WNBA coaching history. And she will be the highest paid WNBA coach of all time. She deserves this more than anything. And I'm I, I said this last night, bro. I'm like, look, I don't, I don't care if. Becky makes some bad decisions, I, even though she won't. I don't care if the GMs make some stupid tra- – I don't care. I'm going Las Vegas all the way. I'm so fucking happy for Becky Hammond. Go Aces for the WWNBA Championship 2022. But, Damon, how, how do you feel about this signing? How do you feel about her becoming the coach of the Aces? Yeah, I think it's really dope. Uh, I know – her being a head coach, really, NBA or WNBA has been something that's been a conversation the last two years. And I know last offseason was, like, the first time where it was, like, she was kind of getting discussed around, like, the whole, like, kind of NBA scene. But I think it's even cooler that she gets to be a head coach, like, actually in the WNBA. Um, and with such a large contract that could even potentially bring more eyes to the WNBA just because of the um name that she made for herself just as an assistant so i think that should be a cool little um that's a i'm I'm happy for her for sure yeah and john what do you think about this move especially with the roster that they have um this move has a this move is either championship or bust move. Like when um the Warriors fired Mark Jackson and they hired Steve Kerr. This is a championship or bust move because Bill Lambier was the coach of the Las Vegas Aces. He got them to two semifinals appearance and a finals appearance, and they haven't won a championship. And now you have Becky Hammond. This is like okay, we're getting rid of a coach that built the franchise. Now we have a new coach who has a hell of a resume and we have a hell of a roster. Now 
we're going to have Beckingham as a coach. And Bill Lambeer might be the general manager because let me remind y'all, the general manager of the Las Vegas Aces left for Atlanta Dream. So the general manager spot is open. So Bill Lambeer, he can he can land in the general manager role as he has before with the Detroit Shock and the New York Liberty in the past. So this is like huge move, huge move. Uh, shout out to Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, who now owns the Las Vegas Aces. So this is like okay, he's really invested in this, and he wants to win. He may not want to ring with the Raiders, but he wants a ring with the Aces. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. It's just like, you know, it hit me, but it like just, just hit me. Think about this, right? So you potentially have Bill Lambert as the GM, and you know he's going to make some smart moves. You have Becky Hammond as the coach, who was proving herself with the NBA as an assistant coach, with a team that includes Liz Cambage, Chelsea Gray, Erica Hamby, Kelsey Plum, Asia Wilson, and Jackie Young. There is no championship or bust. There's just championship. It's just championship. I don't care about Phoenix, um, Chicago. They, they, it's not going to happen. The, the, the WNBA champions are the Las Vegas Aces. Straight up. Straight up. And the thing that's actually kind of funny to me about this move is when you look back in time, you know, obviously the Aces used to be the San Antonio Stars or Silver. Becky Hammond was one of the greatest players in San Antonio history. In 2008, the Detroit Shock went up against San Antonio in the 2008 finals and swept them while Becky was playing. Do you know who was the coach of the Shock during those finals? Bill Lambert. And here we are all these years later. Becky's returning to the franchise that made her a star. And she's replacing the coach that swept her all them years ago. I'm I, I'm not gonna say poetic justice because you know of course I'm biased towards the shock, but that was the plot twist of 2021 that I was not expecting, and that is a very very solid high note to end the year off. So again, shout out to Becky Hammond. And moving on to our next topic, John, you're pretty much gonna carry this, but. You know, of course, we didn't do a Christmas episode because it was Christmas. But the WNBA draft lottery just happened. And a very certain team got the number one pick. So I think 2021 was the year of hooplex. We won. We won the we won the leagues this year. So, John, take it away. How do you feel about your Washington Mystics winning the number one WNBA draft pick? next year well i mean it's huge it's a huge moment um i thought we were going to get the fourth i thought like all right we have like a we had like a 13 percent chance of winning the first pick and i was like ah we're getting the fourth pick let's go in the draft man when that when it when it said indiana fever got the second pick whoo Man, this this could be very helpful for us, especially in the post, because we need help in the post. We cannot rely on Elena Deladon and Tina Charles in the post the whole season. We cannot rely on them. 
They're great. Don't get me wrong, but they need help in the post, especially on the defensive side. Tina Charles can't play defense and then go, go down the court and then play her best offense for 48 minutes. Not 48 minutes, but for, for, for 40 minutes. No, we got we got to have help. So now we can get we can get someone in post. We can get Melissa Smith from Baylor, who is a great post player. I mean, the the help that we can get from Melissa Smith will be tremendous, tremendous. Mystics, we're the team to watch out for. We're the team to watch out for. I'm hyped. Hey man, I don't I don't want to jinx you, but um, you know we said the same thing about the Pistons, and you know, look where that got us. I'm not I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that in the atmosphere. I feel like you've been through enough as a Wizards fan, so I'm not even gonna do that to you. But with that being said, I know that there are a bunch of prospects that you would be happy with. But is there one player in particular that you think the Mystics should just Go. That's it. That's the one. Just go. Like if you had to pick from any other prospects, if you were the GM, who would you go with? Go with with the number one pick. Yep. Uh, I mean, we need help in the post, so I would go with Melissa Smith from Baylor. And you know, like honestly, like I'm I'm not too familiar with this upcoming draft class, so I can't really give an opinion, but. Damon, do you have any thoughts on – actually, matter of fact, because let me go through the first round. First round in order, the Mystics, the Fever, Atlanta, Dallas, Liberty, Chicago, Dallas again, Minnesota, Seattle, Indiana, Vegas, and Connecticut. Damon, do you have any thoughts about who could potentially go in what spot? Yeah, I actually also have to look into draft picks. I actually have like little to no idea. So <laughs> again, we 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 still working on it, y'all. We're still working on it. But our final WNBA topic of the day. We talked about it a little bit in the beginning, like any episodes of this this show, but we didn't really we we only talked about a couple of cities. Cities that need WNBA teams. I'm going to start this off. Y'all already know where I'm going. Bring back the Detroit Shock. I don't care if you have to replace one of the teams that's already there. Heck, I, I just said you, you could bring Indiana. You could bring the Fever to Detroit, honestly. You could do an expansion draft and just build a whole new team. But I think that in the very near future, the Detroit Shock do need to make a comeback to the WNBA for sure. Um, another team, I mean, another city. Um, because there, there's so many cities that I think truly deserve a team. Like, I think that Miami should have a WNBA team. And the fact that they don't is so odd. It's so odd. Like, I feel like when it comes to the WNBA teams, it should kind of be like the G League, so where every city has an affiliate, pretty much. But, um, John, just thinking of cities off, off the top of your head, 
that you feel a WNBA franchise could really thrive in? What cities are you thinking of? Okay. Um, Philly. Uh, Boston. Toronto. Uh, Austin, Texas. That's, that city is booming right now. Austin, Texas is fucking booming. I'm sorry. It's booming right now, especially with the housing market. If they can get a professional team in Austin and have a rival with the Dallas Wings, uh, Austin will be booming. New Orleans. New Orleans will go crazy. Um, well, we'll get Orlando, Miami. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, San Diego. I know um, Elena Beer is trying to work with Oakland to create ex- an expansion, but um, Portland will bring back the. Um, well, well, I made this tweet and I said the WNBA should bring these teams back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce the tweet. All right. I said uh, if the WNBA wants to expand, they should bring back these teams. Uh, the Charlotte Sting, Cleveland Rockers, Detroit Shock, as Jabril said earlier, um, Houston Comets, uh, Miami Soul, Orlando Miracle, Portland Fire, Sacramento Monarchs, and San Antonio Stars. Okay. Now, that's a solid list. That is a very solid list. Um, I'm trying to think because it's – out of all of those, which one – wait, go back through that list again. Because I'm thinking, I'm trying to think which um, one would thrive the most. So I said, oh, I said, uh, Charlotte Sting, uh, Cleveland Rockers, Detroit Shock, Houston Comets, Miami Soul, Orlando Miracle, Portland Fire, Sacramento Monarchs, and San Antonio Stars. It's actually wild that Charlotte doesn't have a WNBA team. Like, that just seems like one of those cities where it's like, they should have one. But, Damon, I'm going to ask you a similar but different question. Is is there a state where you think an in-state WNBA rivalry would be one of the best, just period, and what city would it, cities would it be in what state? Um, <clears throat> um, so I know their team isn't the best right now, um, but I think, I think honestly, a second LA team potentially, cause I mean, LA, you got like, you got, now you got the Clippers and the Rock and not Rockets, Jesus, you got the <laughs> Clippers and the Lakers, you got Dodgers and, um, is there another LA baseball Either way, they got the L.A. Rams, L.A. Chargers. I feel like a second L.A. team would be cool. Um, let's see. Maybe a second, second like, Seattle team. I know they got just about everything there now. Um, but I think for sure, I think, I think L.A. would be the one that I think would be a cool little uh, second – team to add a little rivalry yeah because 
honestly, I feel like I just feel like it's certain states that should just have automatically have at least two teams in every city. Well, yeah, and I think L.A. is definitely one of those. Um, of course, then that means there's going to be an A team versus a B team pretty much. And I would love to see that rivalry go down for sure. Um, another city that I think will have a great in-state rivalry, well, another state, um, definitely Florida. Um, I feel like the WNBA Orlando team would go crazy. Like the the WNBA Orlando team would be definitely better than the Magic for sure, absolutely for sure. Um. Let me. I got another one. I got another one. Okay, what's up? Nashville. Ooh. You know, I never thought about. I've never thought nice. about it. I never thought about a team in Tennessee. That no, that would be heat. That would be mm-hmm. heat. And bro, because women's basketball in Tennessee back in the day was ridiculous with popping, popping. Oh God. You know where else would be a nice little one? Um, in, like, one of the Carolinas, considering, like, how big, like, the whole, like, North Carolina, Duke, NC State, like, a lot of college towns there. I think adding, like, a pro women's team would be nice. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. And, again, like, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say this again for the record, that – this was the perfect year to become a WNBA fan. So if you did not hop on the wave, you missed out. There's always going to be a next year, but y'all, y'all should hop on the wave this year, man, because this was an incredible year for the WNBA. And I cannot wait to see what 2022 brings for this league. But moving in to wrestling, and boy, oh boy, we have quite a couple of things to talk about this year. Well, Going into 2022, the first thing that I that we're going to talk about today are the best and worst moments in wrestling in the year 2021. And, Damon, you can start this off. What are some of the worst moments that come to mind of wrestling in 2021? An eye for an eye match. <laughs> that was, Wait, that was, was this, that year? this year? Was that this year? Yes, last year? right? Was that this year? I feel like it was last year. Because when was that? Might have been last year. Um, Honestly, yeah, this pandemic I, made this such a blur. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> see, because um, like, I want to say that like, might have been was, last year. Because I think I think Money in the Bank was in February. Yeah. No. Wait. That had to be March because WrestleMania is in. April. Yeah, so the okay, so then I'll say the zombie match. Wait, that wasn't this year. No, that was that was this year. That was this year. That was yeah, the zombie match. That was a mess. Um man, I think I feel like we can all agree just raw in general. I can't name oh three good raw episodes. <laughs> I literally can't. Like that show is just so 
I can't. I can't. Oh my god. Um, let me think. Some of the worst moments. Um, obviously, I I, I hate that I gotta talk about this because this that means this actually happened. But um, AW Revolution twenty twenty one, Moxley versus Kenny Omega and an exploding barbed wire death match. The match itself was great, but then the ending happened. Oh my god, that that will forever be one of the worst moments in AEW's history. I know that this they only going into their third year, but uh, that that is going to be one of the worst moments of all time. Um, again, Damon said it just Monday Night Raw as a whole, like. I've heard Raw has got better, but I refuse to watch that show. Like I was, I was supposed to go, but my cousins unfortunately got hit with that Omarion. So, uh, kind of a blessing in disguise because the only person that was on that show that was worth seeing was Edge. Now I am sad that I miss Edge, but I mean, no, I was. It, it's good I didn't go to that show. Um, Trying to think of more worse moments. There are a lot. Um, just the Thunderdome as a whole, man. Like that experience was awful. Like those shows were awful. They didn't care. Honestly, I'm I'ma just I'ma just put a nice little bow on it. WWE 2021 fucking sucked. If we really being honest, that, that company sucked ass. The entire year. The entire year. But, John, what are some of the worst moments for you for this year in regards to wrestling? One of the worst? Uh, when? What was it? Brandy Rose saying she's a black bitch. You know, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, bro. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pause this because that was supposed to be a whole topic on its own, man. Wait, wait just a second. Okay. So, we're gonna say that for last. 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 I'm, I'm gonna say another one. Um, Carry on Cross coming up from NXT. No comment. Yeah. They did that man so dirty. So dirty. Yeah. Um honestly, all the reasons. I was trying not Bianca. to go there. I was trying not to go there. I was trying not to and Becky. Big time Bex. That is the worst nickname I've ever heard. Oh my god. <laughs> the fucking worst. Oh man. Um what's another one? Another, all the releases, all of the releases, man, that was, that was sad. It, it just, it, it was like, you're, let's just say you're a college student, right? You're a big WWE fan. You're in class, mind your business. You're paying attention to the teacher. Next thing you know, you get all these text messages from your friends. Yo, they released Ember Moon. They released Braun Strowman. They released John Morrison. They released... Uh, carrying on across, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, uh, and you're just like, huh? This is literally the story of our lives. Like, 
I, like we in class and we texting each other be like yo did you see such and such got released such and such got released like and i'm just sitting there just looking like yo but speaking of releases before i forget um it tony storm asked for her release good for her because they did her dirty um with that feud with charlotte they just threw pie at each other and then had a match and that was it so shout out to her for leaving please go to AEW, please and I didn't realize how long, like, I remember her being called up, but I didn't realize how long it was. Because she's been on the main roster since July. Wait, what? She's been on the main roster since July. And she didn't start actually having appearances until, okay, all right, Vince. Okay, so you, you just, this is just another, he don't know what the fuck he got. Okay, okay. You know what? That was like one of her main things I read about it because Adam Rose Sap dude, he like did the article on it. And he was basically saying how she was saying, like sitting like in catering every week, just wondering like, is it gonna be my time for so long? It's just like really draining. Unpopular opinion, she should have beat Charlotte for the title, but you know, they didn't want to do that. Didn't want to do it. But I'm going to rag on wrestling and wrestling fans a little bit later. But moving to a more positive note, what are some of the best moments of wrestling in this year? And first things first, I got to say, man, AEW as a whole, like, they, they had made some questionable decisions. But overall, man, they fucking did everything. Like, Hangman winning the title was one of the greatest moments of the year. Um, y'all, y'all remember, uh, what was that full gear? No, it wasn't full gear. It was all out when they had Ruby, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson all debuted on, on the same night. That was one of the best moments ever. Um, I feel like I'm trying to think what else happened. Something else crazy happened this year, too. Um, honestly. The releases worked in their favor, man, because, I mean, Andrade has been killing it. Um, Ruby's been killing it. Um, who else got released? That's been going absolutely insane. Um, I forgot who was it. Somebody else that got they signed that got released. Oh yeah, Malachi Black. That motherfucker's just killing people. Also, man, Jay Cargill, top tier, top tier. Mm-hmm. Just had to say it. But Damon, what are some of the best wrestling moments of the year for you? Um, I feel like I'm doing a disservice if this is the first thing I say. The first all-black female um, women's main event with Belair and Sasha Banks, they put on a banger of a match with Bianca finally climbing the mountain and winning that match. I think that was definitely one of the top moments. Um I think one of the best tag matches of the year with the uh, Young Fucks and the Lucha Brothers in that Steel Cage match, that match was, I that it was nuts. You know what <laughs> pisses me off, though? The fact that I'm actually about to agree with you. Because it was a banger. Like, I was yeah. like, you know, the Young Bucks, they've been, they've, they've been making questionable decisions with the elite as a whole. Yeah, but um, 
Oh, and a, this is like a funny one. I think the funniest moment was when, uh, well, Cody, he's the worst. But when Arn Anderson said that he would get robbed, but if it was him, that he would, he would, he would pull out the Glock and spread bro. his blood, his guts on the pavement, bro. You know, been, oh my god, and I believe evil, bro. And the thing, the thing that made it worse was that that was supposed to be just a funny one-off, bro. He, Arn Anderson, made that part of his character now, bro. Like if somebody's just outside the ring, just doing some dumb shit, he goes in his pocket and reaches for an imaginary clock, and I'm just sitting like, so this is what we, okay, okay, you know what? No. But John, what are some of the best moments in wrestling of the year 2021? Ending us on a high note for this topic. I know seeing all of the fans come back in the arenas. That was, it was beautiful. It showed that we were, we were moving. We were coming back together as, an, as a working collaborate, collaborative society. Something like that. Yes. Just some progress. Like, ah! Ah! Like, we're back. Like, that was, that was a great thing to see, especially at WrestleMania. Because oh, it yeah. made me feel like, ooh, WrestleMania again. Thank God, man. And it seemed Pyro back, uh, even though Pyro was already yeah, at the, the Thunderdome. But it was a great scene. Pyro at WrestleMania. Pyro at WrestleMania. It's just a different feeling. Absolutely. Um, and then one thing, the last thing that I want to say, man, 2021 was a great year for black wrestling, man. Like, I, it's, this was, you could argue this was the best year for black wrestling, man. Like, you had Biggie's come up, Bobby Lashley. He literally murdered everybody on the roster for months. The rise of Bianca Belair, my favorite women's wrestler at the moment. Hell, I mean, I don't even watch Ring of Honor, didn't even watch Ring of Honor, but Jonathan Gresham, the last Ring of Honor world champion ever. Um, Jade Cargill going nuts. Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs. Like, it's, it was Ricky a Starks great year. Black? Yeah, you didn't know. Yeah. I found, bro, because here's the thing. Since when? Nigga, always. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, like, no, it's actually funny because I didn't know either. And then, you know, I was going through, like, because Ricky Starks, once I saw his AWW, I'm just like, I don't know what it is about him, but I fuck with him heavy. Like, it was the entrance, the moves, like, everything. Like, he just had star written all over him. And then, like, I was going through, like, like somebody – y'all – actually, matter of fact, y'all, y'all heard of the Black Wrestling Podcast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they did, like, a Twitter thing where they did, like, the top 50 Black wrestlers of the year thus far. And oh, I saw yeah. Ricky Starks, and I was just like, Ricky Starks is a nigga? I'm like, bro, I knew it was a reason I fucked with him. I knew it was a reason. I knew it. Ricky Starks is one of us, okay? So you cannot tell. Listen, Black Black Wrestling in 2021 was going. A thousand percent. Oh, yeah. So um, I actually looked up Ricky Starks, and he was the arena worker that Ryback slapped. Yeah, I seen that too. Yeah. Oh, man. Man. Yeah, I was just whooped to that. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. And I feel like we're, you know, you know what? I just, I was, I didn't know it just kind of blanked my mind, but I just thought about it. Bro, the awaited return of CM Punk. How did I not talk, bro? How did I not? Okay, listen, because honestly, bro, that's moment of the year. That is moment of the year. That potentially is moment of the decade. Like, CM Punk, off of a rumor, off of a rumor, sold out the United Center, a basketball arena. When was the last time the United Center was sold out? You you can't you cannot tell me when. With his old music at exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Like that was lit, like because I, I think Jim and Russ even say like this is Michael Jordan levels of insane. Like a fucking wrestler sold out the United Center off of a rumor. Like we didn't even oh yeah, John just said WWE don't even go to the United Center, man. That's crazy, but like he sold out the United States, and there was not no promise that he was gonna be there. Like everybody assumed, but like nobody knew. And then when you heard the little discrat, like not the discrat, the little TV static, and you heard Coach personality, we just didn't like, nah, bro, nah. But yeah, that's definitely moment of the year, possibly moment of the decade. And moving into our next topic, this kind of a topic I just thought about a couple of minutes ago, but I would be wrong if I didn't go through this. So, of course, you know, being at we have reached the end of a, a, a year and going into the beginning of the new year, people have released top 10 lists. And for those of y'all that don't really know much about the Internet wrestling community, Wrestling fans who make top 10s most of the time are idiots. The first top 10 that I want to talk about is from What Culture Wrestling. If you don't know What Culture Wrestling, they used to be one of the best and most consistent wrestling YouTube channels out there, but then they fell off because only one, I only trust one person in that entire company to actually say something smart, but they released their top 10 wrestlers of 2021. And first things first, I'm going to say I don't really know the New Japan names to really speak on them, but here's the list. At 10, Nick Jackson of the, the Young Bucks. At 9, Hangman Page. At 8, Tam Nakano. At 7, Roman Reigns. At 6, Will Ospreay. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 John, sit down for this one. Sit down for this one. Sit down for this one. You got to hear this. You have to hear this. Because I said it I said in the group chat, but I don't, I don't think you really saw it. Number five, Eddie Kingston. At four, Sayuri. Number three, Shingo Takagi. Number two, Kenny Omega. And number one, Brian Daniels. I only agree with number one. That is it. That is the only one I agree with. This entire list numbers two through ten. There are so many problems, John. I just wanted like y'all should see this nigga, bro. This nigga's real life standing up right now, John. Just off hearing that list, what are your initial thoughts? Why is Roman Reigns at number seven? I believe. Yeah, seven. Why 
Is he at number seven? Why? He should be top five, top three. Why? And Kenny Omega above him? Lord yeah, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, the one, here's, you know what? He, I'm, I'm going to address all my concerns very quickly, bro. Brian Danielson at number one, I agree wholeheartedly. He was the best wrestler this year. He's the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, Kenny Omega should is not better than Roman Reigns. I definitely believe he's top three, but he ain't better than no goddamn Roman Reigns. Um, as much as I love Eddie Kingston, really, Eddie Kingston in the top ten is like I I'd say he's borderline top. 20, if even that, and I love Eddie Kingston. I wouldn't even give honestly, I wouldn't even give him top 20 to be honest. Like, again, and that's really debatable. And I love Eddie Kingston. Again, I can't speak on the New Japan people, but Damon can, so I'm gonna let him do that. Um, Will Ospreay, I've heard this piece of shit human being, so fuck him. Um, (laughs) Roman should be number two. Hangman not being in the top five is absolutely atrocious. And of all people to put in the top 10 list, like, I know I talked about Eddie, but Nick Jackson, like, first it's like, if you would said the Young Bucks as a whole, I could see it. I wouldn't agree, but I could see it. But you put Nick Jackson on his Singly. I, yeah, I, I didn't understand why him particularly was the one <laughs> that would make the top 10. Like, but man. All these Canadian destroyers and super kicks. Bro. But um, Damon, so what, what do you think about that list? Astonine. Um, so for me, I think the, t- the top three for me would be probably hmm, I would have to say my top three would probably go Roman, Brian, and then Kenny. Because um, I just think Roman has literally he's owned the last two years of W. He's been the one thing that's consistent. He's had all the moments. He's brought he's had Brock Lesnar come back, John Cena come back. Like I feel like he's just had the most consistent stories throughout this whole period. Um, New Japan wise, like I see why well, I like I agree completely that Will Hosprey as an actual person is as really shitty. But I see why they brought him on there because he basically like had his biggest rise. But what I think would keep him off the top 10 is because he got hurt and was gone for majority of 2021 and he just came back. Um, but Shingo, Shingo deserves to be on there because he, as soon as Osprey got hurt, he got the championship and he's had the championship since. So, and he's been very dominant, I think. But I think. Bianca Belair deserves to be on there also because she's she's undoubtedly had one of the best years for like women's wrestling this year. I think her Brit, absolutely, absolutely, Eddie Kingston, (laughs) yeah, bro. Okay, and now we have another top ten wrestlers of twenty twenty one list, which is slightly better. But all I'm gonna say to the guys before I go through this list. It was Plana Productions. Who? Plana Productions. What is that? You know that 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 dude who be wishy-washy about how he feel about AEW or WWE. 
him. Like I like we like we've seen a couple of his videos, but this this list actually isn't too offensive. Um, so at ten, Big E, nine, Britt Baker, eight, Edge, and then this next one, this this I don't understand. Seven, CM Punk. <laughs> Six, Seth Rollins. Five, Bobby Lashley. Four, Bianca. Three, Kenny. Two, Roman. And one, Danielson. I agree with the top four. Who's number four again? Uh, Bianca. Okay. Um, I, 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 as much as I love her, I, I couldn't say she was better than Kenny. I, I don't know. I, I want to, but um, I'd say Kenny was. Like so dominant champion. Yeah. And then when you think about it, like he was wrestling with Vertigo. So yeah, I talk my shit, but I mean you gotta respect him, man. He was putting on bangers and he had an injury for years. Um why is CM Punk in the top ten? Just because he came back. I mean, it was a great moment. It's one of the greatest moments ever, but like no, bruh. Fuck no. Had a couple couple matches, but really he's just been building up that undefeated record. But yeah. it's like been mid card people, so it's like like the only memorable matches that I can say were Darby and Will Hobbs. That was the only two. Yeah, so far. I mean, everything that's... that he spot is mid. <laughs> you know what? And that's another thing, bro. How the hell did MJF not make a top 10? In both lists, there was no MJF. How was MJF not in the top 10? I'm fine with that person. But CM Punk is. Okay. You know, you know what? Um, Seth Rollins being at six is a crime. Edge being at eight is a crime. But yeah, um, Damon, how do you feel about that list overall, though? Overall, I think that one's better than the first one. Yeah. Big. Here. Um, he's had, like, he was gone for a while. He Faced Rollins a couple times. Faced Roman, uh, or he had the triple threat. He won the Rumble. Rather than that, and I mean now he's in the feud with the Miz, <laughs> but I don't see him making a top ten for me. See, because it's like I I see why he made the top ten because I mean all of the matches were literally like straight bangers. Like he didn't have any bad match. Like bro, Edge had a banger with Jay Uso. Jay Uso, my nigga. Like, he had three bangers, like, absolute match of the year contenders with Seth. Um, that triple that at WrestleMania was crazy. SummerSlam was good too, but it got overshadowed by John Cena's return. Oh, shit. We didn't talk about that in the best moments. That was there too. That was there too. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. And Lesnar's return too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I see why he made it though. Um, John, what about you? Um, how do you feel about this list? Uh, I don't. I don't think CM Punk should be on there. 
I think he was just on there because he's seeing Punk and that he returned back into wrestling. But uh, it, it, it was it was eh. like it can be a little better. Um, and Roman was number two, and then Kenny was number three, and Bianca was number four, right? Yeah. Who was number five and number six? Um, five was Lashley, and six was Seth. I will put Seth above Lashley. I will put Seth above Lashley because um, he had those great matches against Cesaro and then Edge. Like, didn't they have Edge, him and Edge like had three bangers like Hell in the Cell, SummerSlam, and then like a the random match. Like a random SmackDown yeah. Garden. Yeah, like and then they did the those were, like, those were great. So I, I have to I have to go like Rollins above Lashley. And then eight, nine, and ten had Big E at ten. Yeah. Eight and nine. Edge and Britt Baker. Yeah. I kind of feel like Britt Baker's like top fifteen. Yeah. Man. Yeah. But they they could have had like another AEW. Yeah. Hangman should have been on the top ten or MJF, one of the two. Oh, I totally forgot about MJF. Oh my gosh, I've never seen MJF wrestle, but his promos are fucking legit. It's fucking crazy. See, because I'm like MJF is one of those wrestlers where it's like, you know, he ain't just gonna put out a five star classic because that's his character. Like he does shit to piss you off. But when that motherfucker goes in, like I'm telling you, bro, just go watch him versus Darby. Like that banger is a fucking understatement, bro. Like that straight up should have been five stars, but Dave Meltzer yeah, sucks yeah. the elite sticks. So, but because he, you know, he wrestles like an old school heel. Yeah, that's kind of what I get from his matches. Yeah. Like he's not gonna do anything super flashy, but he's gonna work the crowd. Like you said, he works yeah. the crowd. And when he, when you said when his time when he puts it on, it's it's good. Yeah, I'm tell, I'm telling, bro. Watch MJF versus Darby tonight, bro. I'm telling you. But our last top 10 that we're going to talk about today came from World Wrestling Entertainment themselves. So you already know that this is about to be some bullshit. The top 10 matches of the year for 2021. <sighs> Number one, Ayers versus Rollins in that Hell in a Cell match of Crown Jewel. Number two, Bianca versus Sasha at WrestleMania. Three, Roman versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Four, Walter versus Dragunov at TakeOver. Five, Becky versus Charlotte at Survivor Series. Six, Roman versus Cena at SummerSlam. Seven, Ripley versus Flair at Money in the Bank. A, Big E versus Roman versus Lashley on Raw. Nine, Team Black and Gold versus Team 2.0 at War Games. And 10, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania. First things first, I only agree with the top three. Well, the top four. The top four. 
Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair at Survivor Series. For those of y'all listening to this episode that was in the watch party with us, y'all know that shit was terrible. Why was that there? Roman versus Cena at SummerSlam. It was okay. But top 10, really? Charlotte and Rhea Ripley should definitely be top five. Um, Bad Bunny, unpopular opinion, deserves to be at least seven or eight. And nobody watched War Games. Nobody. So how can you tell us that the War Games match was any good if nobody fucking watched it? Let's just be real. But, John, based on that top 10, what are your initial thoughts? Um, when I heard Becky and Charlotte at Survivor Series, uh, 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 I just stopped listening because when we watched that match on the, 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 after the watch party. I mean, it was just, it was just, we were like, how do I say it? We were kind of on our phones, but also kind of intrigued yeah, about the beef. Like, that was there. no wrestling. Yeah, That was no wrestling. It was just straight beef the whole match. Like, no techniques, no uh, building Anything. to the climax. It was just... Like, Which would sound good in retrospect, but no. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. Okay, so... How do you feel about Bad Bunny being that number 10? I don't know, kind of surprising because I thought, like, oh, we shouldn't add celebrities, like, in any of our, you know, top charts. But, you're a Canadian destroyer, bro. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all I need. Yeah. I mean, him doing that Canadian destroyer was, like, wow. Like, he looked like a veteran on the roster. Exactly. He looked like a veteran on the roster, and I thought he was going to stay in WWE for a minute. <laughs> like, I thought he was going to stay, but it was just a promotion for his world tour. Shout out, Bad Bunny. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Damon, what do you think about this list? Um, I mainly agree. I, I think the thing I think is the most solid is the top four. Um. I went back and finally watched that Ilja Walter match, I think a couple weeks ago. And I mean, I, that match was literally insane. Like that was like the David Goliath. Cause we know Walter's, you know, the probably at the time, one of the most uh, like kind of under the radar dominant champions. Cause he held that title for damn near a thousand days. And Ilja looks like a little shrimp next to him, and they literally destroy each other. And that match, honestly, you could have put either of their matches on there, but I think you could replace the Bad Bunny match was really good. I think you could replace that match with Edge's and Seth Rollins's uh, SummerSlam match because oh, I think yeah. that was probably one of the best matches on that card. But I would replace 
the Becky and Charlotte match with the Rhea Ripley and Charlotte match because honestly, without the beef between those two, if that never happened, nobody would have cared about that match because like that match has happened a billion times before already. And it went about exactly how we thought it would. (laughs) That was, um, again, the top four stellar, stellar, but everything afterwards, again, like, bro, nobody fucking watched war games, like, Oh yeah, the, no you know they only they only put that on there just so they could act like people actually watch the new NXT. Bro, <laughs> like, did you see that AJ Styles is gonna be fighting on the at their next pay per view on New Year's Eve or today? Huh? Yeah, he's facing Grayson Waller or the dude because you know he went down there last that week. That blonde bitch. Yeah, whatever oh, the hell it God. is. Why? Yeah, so he'll be fighting. <laughs> So so let me get this straight. So they break up AJ almost, which means AJ should be going after Big E. And he's going on punk ass NXT. Colorful ass NXT. 2.0. Free. I want to say free AJ so bad, but he said he retiring after WWE. Please go somewhere else. Please, like, just look, man. You you can go to AEW and bring back your TNA music and just kill everybody. Please, man, just please leave. Please don't retire. Oh my god, why, bro? Hey, low key, that just reminded me that day one dead ass is tomorrow. Like, I really like just realized that show is tomorrow. And we was talking about possibly doing a watch party for that shit. And it's like we that could build do it. was horrible. Cause it's like we could do it, but then it's like legit last minute, last minute. I don't know. I mean, we got the whole day to think about it though. So let's do a watch party for uh for NXT 2.0's pay-per-view tonight. <laughs> That should be fun. Hey, ooh, honestly, I mean, that beast going outside and possibly getting shot. So, I mean, shoot, we fuck, we might, we probably could. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, shoot, ain't nobody. We not, yeah. we not gonna know nobody on that damn show anyway. Nope. Shoot. I'm there for Carmelo Hayes. That's the only reason I'd watch uh, NXT. Literally. Well, our second to last topic, because John said we, we were going to talk about this. We got to talk about this shit, man. Oh, my God. Stop. Oh, God. Listen, listen, listen. Tony, Tony Khan, please, for the love of God, stop giving Brandy Rhodes a microphone. Because every time you give her a microphone, we're reminded that she is a black woman from Ann Arbor married to a white man with a tattoo on his neck that I don't understand what it's supposed to be, but it looks stupid. Jesus Christ. Brandy, listen, Brandy, you're probably not going to hear this, but I need you to invest in some black friends. I need you to get some black friends because it's clear that you don't. Because if you had black friends, they would have told you not to go on TV and say this shit. So obviously, y'all know the Dan Lambert dude, the the dude who be having all the the MMA fighters. He came out and he starts cutting a very, very, very offensive promo, basically calling Brandy Rhodes a stripper 
and among other things that I will not repeat. It was very offensive and misogynistic. Brandy Rhodes comes out and she calls him a terrible version of Paul Heyman. That line was not funny because I don't look at Dan Lambert and think anything close to Paul Heyman. I just think he's Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert then says, well, because she, well, she says she would beat his ass for free because apparently he pays women to beat his ass. And he said, well, I'm a black belt, so let's go. And Brandy Rhodes, a black woman, a black woman who we, we are the greatest race of people. The, the mecca of the world. Black power. No, like seriously, like it sounds like a joke, but seriously, black people are fucking great. This black woman gets, takes the microphone, puts it up to her, her mouth. And says to Dan Lambert after he said he's a black belt, so let's fight. Oh, you so you a black belt? Well, I'm a black bitch. Let's go. And I sat there, and I'm just like, the the, the the nigga was too stunned to speak. The nigga was too stunned to speak. Like I'm sitting here just looking. Like who who like bro? Who wrote that? AEW, I know they don't script their stuff. I know somebody told like, bro, she had to have gone over that with somebody. So whoever, probably Cody. Oh my god! Listen, bro, that would get a babe. (laughs) Petition to get the roads to just stop saying words. Oh my god! Like, please, like, listen, y'all, Brandy and Cody said they're not trying to be like Triple H and Stephanie. But they are Triple H and Stephanie, but unbearable as Triple H and Stephanie. At least y'all make y'all make they're entertaining and actually have good matches. And at least in their case, they were trying to be unbearable. The Rhodes family are baby faces. Like no, 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 bruh. Like no, no. They need to do a storyline. Where, like, basically, when Triple H was just pedigree Stephanie all the time, I think Cody Rhodes needs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he just hey, actually across no, Rhodes every no, time she comes listen, out. Here's the thing, bro. See, that's not gonna that's not gonna be a good thing, and y'all know why. Y'all we, know yeah. why. You know, we, yeah, we know. That's, why, yeah, we, you, if yeah. if you know, you know. If you don't, wake up. Oh my god, that should be. Another worst part of 2021, giving Cody a title again. And, and I think what's the worst part about it is everybody's been at this point saying, bro, if y'all are going to keep giving this nigga a title, like, bro, just make him a heel because everybody <laughs> already hates this Literally. man. Like, and so everybody, you know, we're probably thinking, okay, this might be the time he finally does it, right? No. This dude puts out the picture for his new merch, and it's three check boxes, and it says "heel," "baby face," which are neither ch- checked out, and then a written in one that says "winner," and it's checked off with the American Nightmare tattoo. He's a winner, y'all. Listen, he's a winner, y'all. He was number one. Look, yo, I'm. I have my feelings about that 
godforsaken tattoo, but I we can devote a whole topic to that piece of garbage on his fucking neck. I will say though, Cody knows what the fuck he's doing. I hate to say it, but he knows what he's doing. The heel turn is coming. Listen, like, so I didn't watch the Sammy versus Cody match, but you know how, like, everybody's been saying, like, you know, Cody said, I'm not trying to be like Triple H. Everybody's like, nah, motherfucker, you are getting close. In the, his first ever AEW match, he hit a Triple H strong with the sledgehammer. In the match versus Sammy, right? So I think it was, like, the Tiger Driver, whatever, 90, 9500, whatever, because... For some it's reason, like just a uh, butterfly uh, pile driver. Basically. Exactly, but wait a minute, but wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. That's the thing, though. He did it on purpose. He put Sammy in and locked his arms. What does that oh, look like he's about to do? A pedigree. He's doing that shit on purpose. And that is, I as much as I hate Cody right now, he knows what he's doing. He might be on to something. He's because you know because like, I was wondering because I was wondering like why didn't he win the why didn't he win on a crossroad yeah, like, he, he know what he doing man. and then at the end of the match he gonna cut a promo talking about his heel hurt bro I'm just like he he know what he doing oh, he knows what he's doing <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing man still fuck him though I want justice for Sam but our last topic of the day. Our predictions for what will happen in wrestling in 2022. And the first thing that I'm going to say is kind of obvious by now, but Jay Cargill is going to win the TBS title. She's going to win. Like, look, so I don't know if y'all watched the, um, if watched Dynamite on Wednesday, but she did beat Thunder Rosa. And I was, I thought they were going to go in Thunder Rosa direction, but I'm like, listen, my God is awesome. God. And Mercedes Martinez came out to help Jade Cargill beat Thunder Rosa, which means that is most likely going to be Jade Cargill versus wait, who's the, who's the other person? Uh, let me uh, look at it. Right is it Nyla Rose? I feel like she lost. Hold on. Oh. Uh, let me let me go to. So the. So they're gonna the 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 match is gonna be on the fifth. Oh, so that's this Wednesday, like the first Wednesday of the year. So I know Jade is in the finals. Uh, let me pull it up, oh, bro. I can't. My bad. I can't spell. Um. They got to have an update. Okay, so they got the updated bracket. It's going to be... Ooh! No, 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 no. It's even worse. It's Jay versus Ruby. Yeah, Ruby's dead. Ruby's dead. dead. Rest in peace, Ruby's total. Rest in peace. Oh, my God. Because, look, I have seen people complain about Jay Cargill being green. And I'm just like, look, is she green? Yes. However, that woman's a fucking star. Like, you you just look at her and you just like, yeah, she she's a fucking star. She was always kind of struggling with that 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 uh bicycle kick, but she finally got it. 
she finally got it. Like the one she did to Thunder Rosa, bro. Like I swear that that shit was beautiful. I love Ruby Soho, but you're done. You're done. So that's one of my first predictions. Um, and then I guess you know just going around with that same mentality. 2022 is going to be the another year for Black wrestling. I guarantee it. Absolutely. Um, Damon, what about you? What are your some of your predictions for 2022 for wrestling? Uh, <clears throat> um, I think. Let me see who who's champions right now. So, I think that oh, Jesus. I think that uh, Big E will lose his championship to. I think either um, AJ Styles or I kind of I want to see Kevin Owens get the strap again. Honestly, he has some good work the last time he was in it, um, so I think that would be cool. Uh, I think we'll see the title go forth. I think I think honestly I think oh, no that would just be so bad. I think we finally get the Rock. Oh, yeah. Roman Mantle. Yeah, I've been thinking about. Um, let's see. Any more big ones? I was going to say, I don't think Hangman's losing his title anytime nah. soon. Uh, and I think that Liv Morgan will win the Royal Rumble. Mm, okay. Um, okay. I'm going to debunk that one only because, personally, I just feel like she should win tomorrow. I, I, I just feel like she should. Is she? Probably not, but she should. If – I forgot. You know what? No, no, no. I had a word wrong with prediction. I forgot it. Um, Who was it? Who's on the roster right now? See, bro, that is a valid question every day. Who's still on the roster? <laughs> Honestly. That is, that, that's a valid question. Um, no, like I straight up had a solid women's pick. Um, bro, who was it? What well, wasn't Tony Storm? Who was it? Okay, you know, I'm while well, I'm looking for it, John. What are your some of your predictions for 2021 in wrestling? Mm. Um Predictions for 2022. Biggie's going to lose the title to somebody. He's just going to lose the title. Um, Damian Priest is going to get a push. Uh, Roman Reigns may lose for the first time in forever. Uh, Zelina Vega... And Carmella won't last as Tash team champions, but Zelina Vega may come second in the Royal Rumble. Liv Morgan's gonna win the Royal Rumble, but Zelina Vega is gonna be second, and then it's gonna challenge, uh, I believe, uh, Becky for the t- for the, the title. I believe Zelina's on the Raw roster. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, Zelina's going to – I think Zelina may face either Becky or Charlotte at WrestleMania. 
Those are my predictions. Yo, I just look, bro. They don't have no women. They straight, they dead ass only have 19 women on the roster now. 19, mm. bro. So they better call up some legends for the Royal Rumble for real. Oh, yeah. But, um, Oh, Rondo just whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait, Rondo to the cat, oh, no, for who? Uh, somebody. Oh, my God, are you serious? They, they haven't uh, disclosed it yet. It's still... Bro, <clears throat> so, oh, my God, oh, my God, y'all would never believe who it is, bro. <laughs> These niggas are stupid. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Nigga, they traded Rondo to the Cavs for Denzel Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spit my water up. <laughs> Denzel <laughs> Valentine. Hey, bro. Woo! Oh man, good for the Cavs, but fucking any man. I mean, God, every time you're trying to give these <laughs> niggas some credit, oh. <laughs> okay, the Lakers are expected to waive Valentine's partially guaranteed deal and create an it open. Don't oh, it okay, don't matter. It okay, don't matter. It don't matter. There we go. It does not matter for whether they waive the nigga or not, bro. They traded for Denzel Valentine. No, no, oh my god, Jesus Christ, oh my god, that is that is terrible, Jesus, oh my god, rest in peace, the Lakers, man, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, but okay, trying to get back on topic. Um, John, do you have any other predictions for this new year? Oh, no, no other predictions. Um, let me think. Do I have some? Um, okay, I hate to do this, but I feel like there are going to be more releases this year. Um, I absolutely hate to do this, but I feel like Cedric and Shelton. Are gonna be released. I feel like Finn Balor might be released. And yeah, I know, I know, but I don't trust him. But apparently almost is about to get released from what I've been hearing. Or he's just done wrestling or something. So I don't know. But uh did you wait, did you hear about um because you know AJ almost was supposed to wrestle Monday, but they didn't. Bro, no, I didn't never, hear about it. So they were supposed to wrestle like the week after they broke up. And the reason they didn't is because the night before at a live event, they had a match, I guess, as a test run. And that shit was terrible. So they canceled it. So I want better for AJ, man. I, I want so much better. Yeah, and the fact that they built almost up, like, 
Didn't they have like a whole break after winning the tag team titles? Like they was gone for like one that WrestleMania. Yeah, and then they were gone to train almost. Bro, and you know the crazy thing is, guess who won at the live event? Almost. Yes, bro. I'm I'm sick off of that. Uh, I, I want justice for that. Yeah, that man. Damn, I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Oh yeah, my last prediction, man. Hook is going to win a title. Yeah, I don't know Hook. what title it is, but he needs to win a title. Let it no. You know what? Let Hook beat Cody, please. Yes. Send Hook. Hook. Like Hook. Listen. Hook. Hook. Like I I know. A lot of people be dick second hook and pause, but I see why. Okay. Hook was not supposed to be this damn good of a wrestler this quickly. But he's well, the the Fuego kid, he he fucking killed him. And then he killed a big ass dude too. He's hook is gonna be this this is hook year too, for sure. But that's going to do it for this episode of Hooplex, the first Hooplex episode of the year. Thank you guys for everybody that's been listening. Um, between April and December, we were about 20 plays away from 2,500 total. So the goal is 10K by the end of 2022. And, well, it's not even a goal. Like it's, that's going to happen. It's going to happen because – Y'all been if y'all y'all really been fucking with us, I appreciate all of y'all. We got big things planned coming for this year. And again, thank you guys for listening. Continue, stay tuned, and we will see you guys next week.